You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org. So, Joe Dolby. All right. Hello. Um, tell us a bit about what brought you to Bath. Um, sort of where and what did you study and when did you come here and what did you do before you were part of Oasis? Okay, this is like this is when we talked about this was like the sixty second CV. So I'll see if I can keep it as brief as possible. Um, so first of all, hello everyone. Um, it's it's nice to be on this seat. I feel like this is like slightly comfier than that one, whereas I'm normally sometimes on that one. So this is good. Um, so I am I'm thirty nine now. I feel like like an old old lady. Yep, yeah. Um, and when I was 19 was when I moved to Bath. So what brought me to Bath was um, I was getting into youth work. I wanted to do a youth work degree. And I also had this idea to set up a project working with young people, um, particularly young people around the idea of skateboarding. So kind of skate culture. And uh, we had like a little mobile skate park that um, folded up and fitted into a trailer, which I used to drive around in this like badass black pickup truck and I just felt like the coolest person in the world so yeah that that's what brought me to Bath so I did that during my degree set that up and that project really took off and a couple of others sort of spiraled out of that so that became my job and I did that for about seven years and then I've I've sort of done bits of loads of things I'm a bit of a weirdo like that I get kind of bored and like doing lots of things which is why this job is perfect because it's so weird and every every day is different so I've done a lot of youth work um, in different settings for churches for local authorities for, um, in a prison like lots of different different ways on the street doing detached work um, and I've also done sort of media stuff alongside that so um, I've worked as a filmmaker doing freelance films I've worked for a church doing film um, so that's always been something that I've done uh, and then I kind of moved into teaching so at first I uh, was a lecturer in uh, youth work and theology and then I moved into teaching media I think that's everything I've done job wise and then the dream job this job <laughs> so what do you do when you're not at work I'm at work quite a lot so yeah there's uh, not loads of loads of free time but I yeah I um what do I do when I'm not at work I absolutely love poetry I'm like a little bit obsessed with it particularly spoken word or performance poetry so that's poetry that's kind of read out loud so I write a lot of my own stuff and put that um, online and I'm hoping this year to do a little bit more performance stuff myself um, and like I said the sort of creative side of me is very much into anything that's kind of digital sort of art so um, I love taking photos not done a lot of that recently but we're hoping to get more into that this year and yeah filmmaking as well um, which also involves watching films love watching films basically most of what I do is sit in coffee shops with books or pubs I really like beer as you know um so yeah I'm quite often found yeah catching up with a friend over a beer that's one of my favorite things to do and yeah anything involving food particularly donuts is that I enough think, I think that'll go um we've talked a lot in previous weeks about how was it there's not one secular cell in the universe and all that kind of stuff so if absolutely everything is holy why do you work for a church? Discontroversial. <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Um, sometimes I, I still don't really know. <laughs> there are days when, yeah, and like lots of you here, um, I've been through a, a huge kind of faith evolution and my beliefs have changed a lot over the years and there are times when I go, why do we bother with church? Um, but I just always come back to two things I think the first thing is that I cannot do it on my own so working out you know 
God and who God is and what that means and how I live a life involving God, I can't do that on my own. I need other people to help me work out what that looks like. So um, church, you know, we overcomplicate church, but essentially church is just that it's a group of people trying to figure out what it means to live life you know in this in this christian church obviously you know applying god to your life in the way of following jesus um but yeah that is impossible to do on your own and also i think it's it's not designed to be on it uh, to be done on your own you know like very early early church you know there's there's not a single example of someone who kind of did it on their own in their you know like everything is about community and, and groups of and that can look totally different it doesn't need to look like this but for me I I believe in the concept of kind of coming together on a Sunday but that not being the only thing we do in fact that actually being a small part of what we do and then the stuff that we do the rest of the week it's sort of more important so uh, that's that's why I work for a church and I just there's just something very special and unique about what church does and it's almost like not big things but it's these hundreds of tiny little moments that you see of people forming connections of people meeting each other's needs people being the answers to each other's prayers like in a way that literally nothing that I've ever experienced does it in the way that church does so I think church can be all sorts of things on all different days and it looks completely different which is why you know you come here every week we don't do everything in the same way um because it can look different and we're all different so it should be different but there's that thing for me of doing it together coming together um is is always going to be really important to me i think so yeah that's why and i why do i work for a church it's just sort of happened (laughs) it's just it's just that's just been my my kind of part i guess like we've all got a part to play and this is my part and it's no more special than the part you play but it's just it's it's my particular cog that helps everything turn i think Um, You said something interesting at the beginning of that, which is slightly putting you on the spot now, sorry. But um, you talked about the evolution of your faith. Can you give us the kind of, like, you know, the 30-second CV on that as well? No. (laughs) Fair enough. And and that's not done. You know, that's that's something that keeps going. Um, Yeah, I think... So, yeah, my, I mean, I can't do this briefly, very briefly, I think my, I became a Christian as a teenager and I got sort of chucked into very kind of charismatic evangelical Christianity, which was amazing for me in lots of ways. And and I'm really grateful for a lot of kind of what I learned and a lot of what I've come from. Um, And actually there's a, there's a, there's a a Nomad podcast that's been released recently about, um, interviewing this guy about something called spiral dynamics which is a a theory of human development and uh, the main sort of principle of it is transcend and include so the idea is that you don't kind of look back and you know with sort of disdain at everything and that you used to believe in everything that you used to do but actually you move on to the next thing and you take the best of what you had with you so I feel like that's probably the best way to describe hopefully what I've done or I'm doing with my faith that I've kind of evolved and really changed in lots of my beliefs but I, I look back with gratitude and I hopefully take the best of what I've learned with me um, but I keep moving and keep growing and that's really important to me that I don't sort of stay the same so that's a very potted good answer okay thanks okay um is there anything that you've been pondering recently yeah um yeah, I mean, I'm always, I'm always pondering lots. I suppose one of the one of the big things that I think has actually been, you know, in terms of faith evolution, actually, a really sort of thing that's really shifted things for me actually recently has been understanding the difference between faith and belief. So I think very often when some of our beliefs start to wobble or we question things, we can, we can, it's quite a frightening thing, isn't it? You go, oh my God, I'm losing my faith. And, and actually what I've realised is that there's a difference between faith and belief. So faith is kind of that... Um, 
this sort of feeling inside you, you know, that there's this, there's this kind of better way, there's a better way for you, there's a better way for me, there's a better way for our world to exist, and that God and us are hopefully working towards that being a reality. So, you know, we call it like the kingdom of God, um, but this, this way of kind of love and, and, and trying to make everything better, that I think is what it means to have faith, that you believe that there's this kind of unseen order of things that you're working towards and that God's involved in that, that we're all involved in that. And I think beliefs are those specific kind of uh, doctrines, if you like, or kind of um, ideas that we have that connect that faith to the lives that we live. And those beliefs change and evolve and shift and sometimes you you get rid of them completely and sometimes you develop new ones and those things should be moving and changing and that's a good thing and it's nothing to be afraid of and it, it doesn't mean that you're losing your faith it means your your faith is evolving and growing which means it's healthy and alive because if it stays the same it probably means it's dead you know um like anything that's healthy is, is is evolving and changing and growing so yeah i think that's that's helped me not panic when i start to go oh do i believe that anymore i'm not sure but yeah faith is always something that is such a core part of who i am and it's okay that the beliefs shift thank you um i want to ask you all sorts of horrible questions now but what would you say to a person in this situation but you can all do that and then it won't be my fault so it's okay okay um so would you, obviously you weren't part of Oasis before you came to work here, but do you think you'd be here if you weren't in charge? Nah. <laughs> Rubbish. Um, absolutely, yes. In fact, so Sarah, my wife and I, we'd already decided that we were going to come here when we knew that you guys were joining Oasis. So um, it's, it's, again, a long story, but... Um, Years and years ago, I used to work for um, a charity called Bath Youth for Christ, who were based um, out on the top floor of their office. And so I knew Rob Tricky, who used to be the minister here, and um, we were going to another church. But because we're, we're gay and married, there was a lot that we weren't allowed to do. And that was really difficult because both Sarah and I had things that we, that's my, that's my wife, sorry, that we wanted to do. Um, so it was just a bit frustrating, but equally, we didn't want to just kind of leave where we were. We wanted to try and change things and be part of, you know, um, changing people's minds. So we kind of were sticking it out where we were, but also just really really sad and frustrated and yeah I was a bit of a caged animal because I just wanted to do all this stuff and I wasn't allowed to do any of it and it was a bit rubbish so we knew that that couldn't kind of last forever so I think we were just at a point of going okay God like we we don't feel like you've said you know to go somewhere else but what um you know what should we do really and it was just you know it was quite a difficult time and then Rob emailed me out of the blue to kind of say oh we're exploring joining oasis which is hilarious because that's like the one organization probably in the country that would be affirming or you know would would be accepting of lgbt people so i was like oh that's interesting so he was like we're exploring the oasis values would you you and sarah come and share your stories as part of that and at first i mean i would never say yes to that kind of thing because you just it's it's personally it's very costly in a way that i can't really explain but it, it, you know then you end up getting all these questions and it's just but because it was rob i was like all right then, because Rob's great and I knew it would be done well and yeah. So we came and we did that and we sort of shared our story. You can still, that's still, that interview, that talk, whatever we did is still actually on our, our SoundCloud page if you want to dig that out. That's probably quite embarrassing now. I don't know what I said, but yeah. And I remember just literally being in the building like... God is up to something like in that crafty way where sometimes you can just be like this isn't just about this is it <laughs> like we're not just here to do this we're here because of something else and it became pretty clear that yeah and as as you then decided to join Oasis Sarah and I were like we should go and be part of Hay Hill like which was what we were before Oasis and um 
you know, we should like, and they'll like, they'll probably employ like a church leader or someone. So we can be like really helpful to that person. We can get involved and really support them. <laughs> and then the hub leader job came out and I was like, oh, that's literally my dream job and everything that I've ever done in terms of experience. And it was like, oh, maybe I should apply for it. And yeah, here we are. Amazing. There's kind of bits of what you say again, but I think being part of the leadership team, it's a real kind of privilege to hear stories from people. And I think one of the stories we hear quite often is this is, was my last resort. Like, I tried a lot of other things, and this was... I figured we'd give this a bash and then give up completely. Why, why do you think that is, and what do you think it is that makes people stay? Yeah, it's, there's definitely something very special... I think very special about this church. Um, and I, you know, I say that having been parts of lots of different churches and worked for churches where you really see what a church is like. <laughs> um, and I think... You know, to have so in the examples that Rob uh, Rob Tricky's away this weekend, but I think I've never known a church where someone was the minister for ten years and then like stuck around to be part of the church. You know, I think it takes a very special. I mean, it says a lot about Rob and who he is. He's an absolute legend. Um, but I think to to make that choice to still stick around, and you know, for for Julia, his wife as well, and that that almost that's always made me go. And there's something quite cool about here that someone you know that like almost we retain people. I think people stick around for a long. A long time and I can't say why everybody does that I think for me you know it, it isn't and I, I think it's funny as you know some people see us as like like somebody actually said to me once that oh you're, you're the gay church I'm like nope there's literally like a, a handful of LGBT people in our church but um, it does make a difference I think for a lot of people that we are you know very affirming and accepting and I think there's a difference between saying you're affirming and, and accepting and like having a gay married person in charge of the thing you know I think that kind of just says something about we actually do think that um, and I know that was quite a big risk for, for you guys to take sort of in, in, the, in the early days so I think that makes a big difference but e actually at the end of the day I think it's probably because it's somewhere that you know we, we, ha we have come as you are written on the banners and I think that we do actually let people come as you are and sometimes when you come as you are or church says come as you are what they really mean is come as you are and then become like us and I don't think we do the second bit I hope that we don't I think we're trying not to do the second bit um, and that doesn't mean stay as you are and don't grow and but we don't have an agenda about what that looks like I think it's a space where people can come as they are and where we all figure out what it means to be more than we are but that doesn't ha we don't have a fixed idea and we don't tell people what to do and what not to do and we don't have a fixed like you must believe these things because I just think the second you do that that's the second that you exclude somebody and we all have different journeys different stories different beliefs so I think one of the reasons people stick around is also because we hold difference and diversity really well particularly theologically um so yeah there are, there are people here with you know very different theological ideas to me we don't all believe the same things but I think we're richer and better as a church for that you know I learn so much through people who think totally different things to me and have completely different opinions who I massively disagree with I learn much more through them than I do with the people that are all like me who talk like me who sound like me who think exactly like me um yeah so I think there's a kind of health in the in the community that we have here and the the questions that we encourage people to ask um and finally I think that it's a place where um we we almost kind of encourage questions rather than answers so you know you won't see somebody at the front tell you what to what to think you know they might say what they think or they might ask a lot of questions and it's the beginning of a journey for you to then work out in community with others what you think I hope I mean I hope that's what we're I know we're I'm sure there's a million things we could be doing better but I, I think and I hope that's who we are that's a cracking segue into the second part great please bring us your questions um so we'll take a short break 
for you to fill up your coffee, um, minesweep the other tables if they've got better pastries left. And um, so if you write down your questions on the post-it notes on your tables, um, and you can either come and hand them to me or leave them on the table at the front. Um, and then at the end of the break, I'll sort of collate them and we can put some more of your questions to Joe. Um, and while we take a break, we'll put a QR code up on the screen, which is for the church survey. Um, for the last few years, we've um, kind of started a thing where it was sort of coming out of COVID, where everyone's sort of interaction and sort of commitments to church had, had changed quite dramatically. But we wanted to know whether they were happy with this or not. So we did a survey and it was brilliant. It was super helpful. And we've done it again for the last few years. Um, so it's this chance for you to tell us kind of how you feel about church, how you feel about your part, the part that you play within church at the moment, whether you want to get more involved, whether there's other things that we could be doing to kind of help, whether you'd be like, whether you'd like to get involved with doing those things as well and all kinds of other stuff. And it's a really useful thing for the church steering group to kind of plan and to look forward to the year ahead and kind of to make sure that we are kind of building something helpful and constructive and, and good so if you could, they, it's also linked in the community news email, email if you get that, or um, scan the code and you, it'll take you straight to the form, hopefully. <laughs> but yes, have a break, have a coffee, bring me some questions, please. Thank you so much for some excellent questions. We now get the added entertainment of me juggling bits of paper as well as questions, which I'm sure will go really well. So what I've done is I've consolidated some of the questions into one and kind of taken out some of the repeats, but hopefully we've got a good kind of spread over, over all the things that people wanted to know. Um, so let's start. What is your favourite or the most joyful part of your role? There's so much joy in my role that I could probably fill a whole Sunday with this. Um, I think some of the, like obviously kind of some of the bigger moments of like where we have had really good news like I remember um we got an absolutely massive grant that sort of paid for our pantry core costs for like two years wasn't it or something and I was um weirdly I was in Asda uh and I was like I had my work phone on me I was I can't remember why I was even in there I think I was like popping in to get something and I was in the queue and I just looked at my phone while I was waiting in the queue and got this email to say that we'd been awarded this grant of like 40 something thousand pounds <laughs> and I just was on my own so I was like I just couldn't do anything without looking like a crazy person. So I think I just went like that. I just was like, yeah. And then I think I, yeah, phoned Sarah because I was like, I need to tell someone. Um, but yeah, that was that was a really nice moment because, yeah, just this, you know, a lot of the community work that we run, you know, funding like that just does not exist. You know, having core costs sort of funded over two years just, you know, gives me a lot less sleepless nights. So that, that was a good moment. And that, you know, that happens quite, that's, we're lucky that it's happened quite a bit when we've got grants and things that mean these community projects are going to happen that have a huge impact on people's lives. And, you know, that's always amazing. But actually, um, I would say that the most joyful part of my role is watching the stuff happen <laughs> that, clearly has nothing to do with me <laughs> so like just all these again I mentioned it earlier like little moments like you know watching two people have a conversation that I'd thought earlier oh you guys would get on or you've got stuff in common and then they're like off having a coffee and you think yes like and it's just sort of it all just flows and connects and works and you think oh god actually is involved in all of this which sounds like a silly thing but sometimes you forget or sometimes I can be like it's all on me or it's all on us and there are just these moments where I just sit back in the knowledge 
that like, yeah, I don't get it, but like God is part of this and, it, you know, and, and he's making things happen and connections form and that is there's such a kind of peace and a reassurance sometimes in just like resting back and sitting back in that and yeah, just watching all those things happen. And I think also, um, so one, you know, our vision statement as, as Oasis is all about kind of, you know, a place where everyone is included, makes a contribution and reaches their God-given potential. And so there are these little moments where I'm like, where I see people like reaching their potential um so like my 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 team my staff team like I'm sorry I'm going to talk about you and Claire so Claire has started working for us um see a year ago a couple of years 18 year? months 18 months ago and uh Claire Henwood um having been part of loads of different community work on a voluntary basis then we were able to employ her a couple of years before that to um yeah to do what is now the pantry and watching those two the Claire's as they're known just like absolutely smash it in every part of their role you know the the things that they do that I could never do I mean you know I think I was like in your office the other day and there was just like this random kind of Ukrainian translator thing on your screen because you were translating a sign from English into Ukrainian. And I was like, yeah, it's just standard Claire job, you know. <laughs> um, and I just, yeah, if you if you watch Claire Henwood like with pantry members, you watch the way she does her job. I mean, she could, you know, she could run the country, quite frankly. But there's just something wonderful about watching people do what they were put on the earth to do, and knowing that you had a little tiny part in helping them do that thing. Or and again, it's just a little part that I play, but it's sometimes when you just go yeah like you watch someone and not just the staff like you know people doing things on a Sunday people you know I watch people like with our young people with kids you know just the way that you watch somebody do something that is such a a thing they're supposed to be doing and it's a privilege to be able to enable that and watch that and I think that probably gives me joy more than anything good answer um what is the most unusual thing you've done in your role this is definitely the weirdest job that I've ever had. It's Hub Leader is a bit of a like jack of all trades. Like I've kind of, I mean, it's still about three full time jobs in in one, which we keep trying to do something about. But <laughs> um, that does mean that there's a lot of diversity in the job. So I would some of the building stuff's been super weird, like you know, pulling a mushroom off the wall that was growing out of one of the ground floor spaces was definitely kind of an interesting moment. And um, yeah, mopping up toilet water, you know, things, all the glamour of the, the job. Um, but I think actually this this is a question that I thought about before. And um, the weirdest day, sometimes, right, you get... So Steve Chalk, who many of you know, who, who founded Oasis, every now and then I get a phone call from Steve, right? And it's just, you know, it's always weird because you're like, crap, Steve Chalk's phoning, like... What have I done? Like <laughs> maybe that's just my my kind of paranoia. But and he always just has something random to say when he phones me. And one day he phoned me. He was like, "Joe, Anthea Turner's in Bath on this particular date." And if you're like below the age of thirty, you probably don't know who Anthea Turner is. But she's this kind of like semi. She's pretty, still pretty famous. She was a Blue she, Peter presenter. Yeah, she was a Blue Peter presenter. And she did like GMTV and. And she was in Bath and then randomly ended up coming into the church because she wanted a tour around the building. And then um, she came up to the baptistry and was like, oh, what's in there, darling? And uh, I was like, oh, that's the baptistry. That's where we kind of baptise people. She was like, could we, could we have a look, darling? And um, she lifted it up and it was, it was full of like manky water <laughs> with stuff floating around in it. And I was like, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> so she was like, oh, do, do you baptise people? I was like, no. That, that water's not supposed to be there and then like there was this thing where she was like oh let's let's take a photo and because I just didn't really know what to do with my face because I think like I was like 
I've only been in this job a few months and Anthea Turner's here with me in this building which has got manky baptistry water in that I now need to do something. I just did something really weird with my face and, and hands. I'm, I'm not sure why. So <laughs> always a good memory having Anthea in the building looking at our manky baptistry which is now clean and fully functioning and working well. So I think if you ever made that face at work now we'd be like, oh, she's not well. You, you can take that picture off the screen. Please, now. <laughs> It's when we got the, um, the donation box down at Southgate and Joe had to go for some press photos and the guy was like, can you do a jazzy one? She's like, no. <laughs> there, is a, there is a photo that exists, which is the one that I was like, we will never use that photo. <laughs> yeah. So our next question is, what do you think or what do you hope um, unites the people in this church by way of faith and belief? Yeah, it's a good question, and I've tried to not almost decide that too much, because again, when you make decisions about that, then other people, if they have different ideas, it can exclude people. But I think what, what unites us, I think, is, is a belief that there's more than just this and just us, so there's a God, <laughs> um, that that God is active and involved in our lives, and that the person of Jesus is somebody that we follow and look to to help us understand how that God wants us to live and what that God wants us to do in the world, which isn't just about us, but it is also about the whole world the whole community um yeah and where where do you think baptism fits into oasis yeah well you know now we don't have manky water in the baptistry <laughs> yeah yeah i mean baptism is still a um you know we're, we're still a baptist church i think that's really important to say and, and you know a lot of our baptist theology you know it aligns so well with with oasis and so that's never something that we'll kind of you know reject i don't think or, or walk away from um you know uh, central to baptist th is theology is this idea that everybody plays a part everybody gets to hear the voice of god there's no one special person you know and that's that's always going to be really central so yeah baptism is something that i think is a really special um sacrament which is you know just a way of, of like an outward sign of something that's going on inwardly so yeah um, baptism we, we baptized someone um it's been like a year ago now i don't know and um, so we still do that so if baptism is something that you haven't done and you'd like to explore that come and chat to me we'd love to we'd love to do that and still baptize people we just uh, don't do it that often because actually most of the people that are part of our community have have either been baptized already or sort of don't want to be but yeah if you if you want to then then come and speak to me thank you i want to get this right okay we're very good as a church at talking about the importance of lgbt plus acceptance inclusion and celebration However, I think we focus far too much on the LGB side. Obviously, there's a very worrying anti-trans sentiment in the country at the moment. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of trans inclusion, both in the church and in the wider community? Yeah, thank you, whoever wrote that. Brilliant, I, I absolutely agree. And I actually think that we're quite rubbish at other forms of inclusion as well. And it's something that I'm really looking at at the moment. So, you know, we say we're about inclusion, but, um, you know, a, a, anybody with any kind of mobility issue could can barely even get through the door of our building let alone kind of you know move between floors and we're aware that's a problem um you know we're trying to really look at kind of neurodiversity and how we're we're more welcoming um you know on a sunday how it's how some of the things that we do um so you know it, we're looking at some of that particularly with the the trans you know i agree you know there's no there's no lgb without the t you know it's, it's really important that we don't and there's so much going on at the moment that is anti-trans and particularly around the world you know it's, it's important that we make 
sure that we keep. And it is something that Oasis have, have done nationally and we're involved in those conversations. We, we've attended that training. That's been really helpful for some of our team. Um, and I have to be honest and say that, that, that tea is not something that um, we have loads of lived experience um, within this church and therefore it's something that isn't particularly... Like we've got almost no one to kind of champion it or help me understand it. Like I'm probably good at the gay side because that, that's my experience. And to be honest, we are better at the things, aren't we, that we have. We just need somebody to kind of champion it and say. Um, so I don't know if you, if you think there are ways or things that we should be doing that we're not doing, like a different language that we should be using. You know, please do come and say, because I need, I need educating, I need help, you know, and we all do as a leadership team because um, at the moment we just don't have loads of, of lived experience of it. But it, I absolutely agree it is important and we should be probably talking about it a, a bit more than we are at the moment. Thank you. Um, what do you think is the single most important characteristic for a church leader? Yeah, I would have answered that question very differently a few years ago. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say two things that are sort of linked. So um, emotional intelligence um, or emotional literacy, so a kind of understanding of um, your own self and the, the self selves of others you know like how who you are a deep knowledge of who you are and then I think linked to that because they don't always go together um is um emotional health so I think and again this comes from personal experience I've worked for seeing a lot of church leaders who don't operate from a place of emotional health and when church goes bad and is quite toxic or quite damaging it's usually, not always, but it's quite often because that church leader isn't in an emotionally healthy place. And that isn't just about overworking or, you know, because I think that's quite a cultural thing within church leadership. You know, you're supposed to just work all the time because, you know, it's your calling and, you know, it's, that's not okay. And I think I've tried to be kind of really, I've tried to set things or put things in place that, that don't, you know, that don't allow that. I think, you know, I'm a human being and I need um, all the things that you need. And yeah, I, I think it's just the more you know about yourself, the more work you do on yourself, um, the more of a gift that you'll be to other people. So I think for me, church leadership, um, yeah, is about hopefully just being emotionally literate and having a good, deep, complex understanding of, of psychology and emotions and doing as much work on yourself as you possibly can to grow and learn and improve and reflect and to say sorry when you get it wrong thank you it's kind of related possibly but what is the toughest part of your role yeah um i think Sorry, my brain went blank and I knew what I was going to say to this and now my brain's gone blank. There's a lot of really tough parts of the role, I've got to be honest. It's, it's kind of one of those, it's a very roller coastery job. So you get these like massive highs and then it's, you know, it's, it is quite, it's just, and the, so it's, I think one of the hardest things is always feeling like you're kind of doing lots and lots of things sort of okay you know like if you had less things to do you'd be doing them really well. So because I'm kind of spread across like church hub looking after the building, supervising staff, I kind of feel like if I had more time for those things, I'd be doing them better. And, you know, I don't think I'm, thinking I'm doing them all right, but just it's that constant feeling of, like, I want to be able to give that more of me and more time. And just because the role is so varied, you can't always do that. So I think that's tricky. And then probably there's something around, um, you know, this is my workplace, but it's also my church. Um, it's also my 
like my family you know there's that um that metaphor can be unhelpful for some people but for me there is a sense of this is my community so when things are going wrong for me it's supposed to be the kind of place I can turn to and the people I can lean on but there is a slight trickiness with that because it's also like my my you know my employer (laughs) so some of those boundaries are very blurry and that's actually what makes church really good and work really well is some of those blurry boundaries but equally that can be quite tough so is it okay for me to have friends within church and you know that that whole dynamic and where to set those boundaries I think can be quite difficult it's so hard not to comment on the answers it's brilliant (laughs) I know too much um (laughs) um, you do there's one question here, which I think we missed in the pile, but is if the church had funds to spare, what new project could be explored? Or you can kind of open that up to kind of like, what's the dream? Yeah, I mean, you tell me. I mean, yeah, I... Um Again, one of the great things about about this role is it's not about me and what I think are my ideas. It's not like, here am I, here's my five-year strategy and we're all going to fulfil my vision. And again, I hate being part of churches like that where there's like this one person with all the ideas that everybody else is like, they're minions that makes it happen. You know, it's just not how church is supposed to be. So I think it's been really fun, you know, things like community forums or um you know just in conversations with people and also just you know from what emerges from some of the projects that we do already um so i know that we would love to be kind of doing more around some of the ideas that have emerged from the pantry and and our engagement with pantry members so we'd love to kind of have more happening around food whether it's sort of a shared like a community meal getting more people involved in that i think there's lots of different community projects that could happen i think you know if there was like the proper big bucks obviously what I really want to do is is properly sort the building out and we've uh, we had this feasibility stun of feasibility study done a few years ago that looked at kind of what might be possible within the building and you know you're talking a couple of million pounds to sort of do everything um but I do believe there's a there's a path forward for us in that and I think sorting out the building and modernizing it and, and yeah it's already fantastic it's a great resource that we've got and we use it already really well but some improvements could really see that I think you know go into like next level you know um so again making the building accessible um you know increasing the amount of space that we've got making sure that that what exists here is is a holistic community hub with lots of different projects and activities going on um but it's not up to me to decide kind of what those things look like but i'm excited to to see <laughs> i'm just thinking i'm not sure we covered this at the top but what is your job joe yeah that's true yeah so my title is hub leader so oasis has um 36 community hubs in in the country and and we are one so when we joined oasis as hayhill we became oasis hub bath that's our charity um and yeah oasis church bath we kind of when we use the the words interchangeably so the decision was made that rather that rather than employing a kind of traditional sort of church minister we'd have a hub leader so that was somebody that kind of oversaw the work of the hub as a whole so the community work that we do through our charity but also the church um community that that yeah you're part of um, and that we're we're doing right now so yeah that's my job cool glad we cleared that up Um, i think (laughs) um so we're coming coming to the end but what encourages you most at the moment and what gives you hope yeah lots um i think there's a really there's an interesting thing happening I would say nationally and internationally around this movement which people have put words on like uh, deconstruction or you know kind of evolving faith there's like a bunch of people who um, have kind of 
been hurt by church or have really questioned beliefs but have kind of come out the other side and are excited by what happens next and don't just want to chuck it all away you know want to kind of again that transcend and include thing like okay we got that doesn't work but what does work and let's be part of making that thing real and that yeah I mean that's what I'm that's what my life's about like I I love that and I'm excited by that and I think there's a growing movement of people who um, who would who would be part you know who would describe themselves in a similar similar way of maybe being able to say what hasn't worked about Christianity or church in the past but rather than just you know bin it and slag it off you know they're prepared to kind of move forward and and go let's be part of building what it could be so that is really exciting and within that I think so um we have something called the Oasis Church Network. So that's just, um, you know, our, our group of churches that we have as Oasis nationally. So there's Oasis Waterloo, um, there's Oasis Church Hull. So they're the latest church to kind of join Oasis and do similar to what we did. So they were Hull Community Church and then they joined Oasis and became Oasis Church Hull and Oasis Hub Hull. Um, and there are two more Oasis churches, one starting um, in September and another, um, I'm not sure if those locations are public yet, so I'm not going to say where they are, but... Um, that's quite exciting. There's another one um, that we're in conversation with as well. And that is is happening more and more. So I think I'm excited by a kind of growing Oasis network of churches. And, you know, my, my dream would be that there would be, you know, an Oasis church in every in every city or at least one that would be kind of accessible in lots more places. Um, you know, not that Oasis is like, you know, the perfect, perfect and we get it all right. And But I think in terms of like what we particularly have, I think it's really special. I think that kind of mix of, again, embodying a community that hasn't given up on following Jesus and on meeting together and what that looks like, but, you know, and, and can be infirming and inclusive and progressive. Um, you know, actually, sadly, in a lot of places, that's still very rare. So I probably every couple of weeks, I get an email from somebody, um, you know, saying, is there an Oasis church here or, you know, um, or, or our people that that join us online which we we really love that we've got a bit little online community as well but some of those people are you know completely opposite end of the country not you know and they and they join us online because it's the only sort of church that that aligns with their values and their theology and yeah um so I think it obviously would be ideal if we had oasis churches in other places to have that same kind of set of values and those four characteristics that make us unique as a church which are written on that notice board kind of back left if you want to have a look and if you're listening to the podcast you can find them on the website but I think that's what gives me hope is like wow I can really see that building and I can see lots of churches who want a place to call home um you know and I mean churches you know maybe churches that don't align anymore with a movement or denomination that they're part of and they want to be part of something that is more you know with with who they are that's got that social action focus that's looking outward that's accepting and affirming so that gives me a lot of hope and I'm really excited to be part of almost that generation of seeing what that is going to look like in the next sort of five to ten years. Thank you. That's um, almost at the end of our questions this morning. I feel like I should use, um, abuse my power with the microphone at the front to say that I think Joe, um, our employing Joe, came after a lot of people did a lot of really foundational and transformational work within the church. But Joe has done incredible things since she arrived. And she really, she holds us to a kind of um, a standard and uh, an aspiration really that kind of pushes everyone forward and really does kind of encourage what we do and it has brought more people in and it's made this a real place of safety it was always a place of welcome but I think now it's a place of safety very definitely and definitively as well um, so I want to publicly acknowledge that you are doing an excellent job and we're very grateful that you're here thank you it's a privilege to be here <laughs> 
and thank you guys for the part that you play because like I say you know I'm I'm a cog but I really don't see what I do as any diff any more special or I've said you know I've said that before and um you know it's it's very often these little little things you know that that just help you know the some of you that that a part of teams on Sundays that are part of governance groups that you know just help in little ways or sometimes you know when someone just sends a message and just said you know just says something encouraging not just to me but you know that but I really appreciate that and I think um you know don't always think that the ways that you're involved don't make a difference because they massively do and everybody doing their bit is what makes this work so um thank you for being part of it and and yeah it's a privilege to do this job <laughs> We did miss one very important question. Okay. Uh, donuts. Yeah. Jam or chocolate? Chocolate. Okay. Glad we covered that. What a wonderful place to end. <laughs> well, custard, the secret third option. Basically anything is yeah, good. it's cake. Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to a podcast from Oasis Church Bath. To find out more about us, visit our website at www.oasisbath.org.